0: Hello and welcome everybody to another Monday reading of the Star Wars book. My name is Nate from the First Galactic Podcast, and today we are talking Ultimate Power Super Weapons. So our Holocron file name is Super Weapons. Our description is Weapons of Mass Destruction. And AIM, that's a new one, Military, oh, AIM, I think it's just the AIM of them, Military Victory Through Unprecedented Power. This is going to be full Empire today. So... Getting right into it. In the never ending arms race for control of the galaxy, some choose to develop ever more powerful super weapons that outclass anything else on the battlefield. These technological terrors are a display of vision, might, and often hubris. They're the result of believing the great power will lead to complete control. Yet, in almost all circumstances, they turn out to be great failures. Ironically, These costly weapons are undone not by rival technological marvels, but instead by the ingenuity of a few individuals. Rumors persist of any number of terrible inventions throughout time, from interstellar freeze rays to chemical weapons that turn organics into stone. What is certain is that some mega weapons are indeed real. One of the earliest known examples is the great engine designed by the Sith Lord Darth Mormon. Oh, moment. Sorry. (laughs) This weapon has the ability to destroy an entire city, a great feat in its time. It is part of the Sith superweapon tradition, as more than a thousand years later, Darth Sidious lays out plans for terrible devices of his own. The Death Star Orbital Battle Station is to be the Empire's ultimate weapon. Its development begins before the Clone Wars when the Geonosians create the schematics for a moon-sized battle station, a theoretical platform at that point that the plans are entrusted to Darth Tyrannus so that his master can begin construction after the fall of the Republic. While it requires a massive diversion of resources, assembly of the station itself is relatively straightforward. The station's many delays are caused by its problematic main weapon, which proves to be a research and development nightmare. Under the leadership of director Orson Grenick, Imperial scientists aim to harness the power and amplification of kyber crystals to create a laser that is powerful enough to destroy a planet. The practical application of this theory Causes years of delays until Galen Erso solves the techni- or technical challenges. Once completed, the Death Star's weapon lives up to expectations, and its most devastating tests destroy the planet of Alderaan entirely. Deep within the station lies a fatal flaw which is seized upon by the Rebel Alliance. They destroy the station with a targeted starfighter assault. While some in the Empire see this failure as a reason to change doctrine, the Emperor remains committed. Undeterred by history and to the dismay of some in his high command, he begins construction of a second Death Star. The Empire takes steps to ensure the Death Star 2 is better protected than its predecessor. Uh, gosh, that's just such the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we just made this thing and it is so great and it failed completely and blew up. And let's just make another one. Why not? So its reactor flaws are rectified, and the station is de- are enveloped in a defensive shield throughout its c- rush construction. Before it can be completed, Palpatine attempts to use his precious station to lure the Rebellion into a trap. But his scheme fails. The second battle station suffers the same fate as the first. <sighs> My god, sometimes that just is strange to me that they would decide every single thing is, let's just take this planet-sized thing and blow stuff up. <laughs> Star Killer Base. The scientific principles of Power the Death Star applied on an even more terrifying scale with the construction of Star Killer Base. There, the first order converts the planet of Ilum, Ilum, probably, into a super weapon, harnessing the power's Kyber Rich Core to support a weapon that could fire across the galaxy. Now, at first I didn't know that uh, planets could have um what am i trying to say kyber in them i thought kyber came from the stars but i guess not i guess planet's gonna have it so charging the laser requires the energy of a nearby sun which is consumed entirely to blast or to power each blast the first order destroys the entire hosnian system and with it the new republic fleet before the resistance can infiltrate and obliterate the station Emperor Palpatine's return to the galactic stage brings another superweapon threat. His Sith Eternal Fleet of Xyston, I always mess that up, class Star Destroyers, threatens to deploy across the galaxy armed with precision super laser cannons. These would have decimated thousands of planets had it not been for the arrival of a Resistance-led fleet. So that's all we got today. Uh, we've got our normal rundown of the photos and captions. So we've got supersized at 160 kilometers or 99 miles in diameter. The Death Star is the size of a small moon. Fierce Machine. Star killer base located on gosh, this is it even hard. Ilium, Ilium Ilium <laughs> fires its kyber-powered weapon across the galaxy. Could you imagine if you were just like driving and or not driving flying across and all of a sudden just blown up by this laser out of nowhere? Um I think those are the only two. Oh, no, we've got a quote from Admiral Malmati. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Mega ships. Naval warfare evolves with the advent of ever more impressive capital ships, harnessing unprecedented size and firepower to dominate space battles. The Separatist Alliance constructs the Malevolence, a warship armed with mega-ion cannons that can disable an entire Republic battle group in a single blast. Having scaled up its Star Destroyers, the Empire continues to push the size of its fleet with the Executor-class Star Dreadnoughts. The Super Star Destroyers stretch more than 12 times longer than the standard Imperial-class and serve as a flagship for the highest-ranking Imperials. Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine each take one as their command ship. Supreme Leader Snoke oversees the First Order from his own megaship, the Supremacy. The vessel is so large that it serves not only as a command center and battleship, but also as a mobile manufacturing center to further arm the First Order's expansion. Well, that's what we got today for Super Weapons. Next week is... Oh, next week's a quick one. It's going to be... We might do two next week for the first time ever. We might get through two. Yeah, we're going to do mass production. Cloning and augmented abilities through cybernetics. Uh, It sounds like we're talking about General Grievous next week and Jango Fett. So thank you everybody for tuning in. I've been Nate. This has been the Star Wars book, and I'll see you in the next one. May the Force be with you.